This is Agave Bros. Today's episode, we are going to speak with Adam Bondar from International Tequila Academy. The theme song is brought to you by Alan Camarena. I appreciate you making this. Um, I think it's pretty dope. I don't know what you think. A little bit of dubstep feel. Anyways, I hope you liked the episode. Uh, we had to cut it a little bit at the end, uh, unfortunately, because he was calling from Mexico and our service was a little bit off. Um, but the conversation was great. I appreciate him. I appreciate his time he spent with me. Uh, and I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Agave Bros. I have the pleasure of having Adam, a dear friend of me, of mine from uh, International Tequila Academy. Adam, thank you for being on the show with us. Hey, Alfonso, it is really a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you, thank you sir. Uh, Adam has started this course uh, that I kind of stumbled into. Um, trying to figure out more information online on tequila, not just what's, you know, posted, uh, not just what companies post, not just what websites post, but I kind of wanted to go a little bit deeper. And I came across these courses that he's offering. Um, before I talk about that, Adam, how did you, what, what were you doing before you started this? Well, it's a, it's a great question to be fair with you. So I'm originally from Hungary. And uh, I grew up there. I'm an economist. I used to be an accountant, a finance guy, pretty boring. Desk. I mean, you know, not for everyone. And then uh, we moved to England. I used to be an accountant even there. But I used to work for Diageo for a bit. And there I kind of started to get into spirits a little bit. Mm -hmm. I started to do like wine tastings. And I so much really loved and enjoyed that. And uh, actually, I'm from a family of uh, generations of uh, teachers. Uh, from dance teacher to music teacher to like school teachers, university teachers. So as a kid, I always wanted to do something that relates to teaching. And uh, I think I kind of found that sort of really cool niche that I, I really would enjoy. Uh, so uh, when we came to Mexico after England, because we fell in love with this uh, uh, area, the Riviera Maya, uh, I took on uh, the role to, to do uh, particular tastings in the area. So uh, mm -hmm. visiting lots of distilleries in Jalisco, uh, doing some courses, um, you know, uh, it was kind of six, seven years ago now. And over the years, I've done some, I don't know, 700 tastings for over like 3000 people. And you see when uh, COVID hit uh, two years ago, we lost our, well, our business for, for more than half a year. And of course, we didn't know what, you know, what else uh, we could do. And um, it's actually the International Academy is a project that uh, we designed with, with my wife, Andrea, or Andy. And um, it is really to, okay, well, people can come to us. So why don't we do something so we, whatever they live? Because you see, it's not just for, you know, of course, we have the majority of our students are from, uh, from the States, which mm -hmm. is the biggest particular consumer country in the world. But we also do uh, have a lot of students from all over the world. Now, now we have an Indian institution, kind of, uh, you know, like uh, lots of people from India, lots of people from uh, where we're just connecting to the Southeast Asia part, 
we have, we have um, a director in Japan have translating our course to Japanese, uh, South Africa, Europe, we have uh, a couple of countries there. So the idea was that most of the particular courses uh, that were available uh, were in online, uh, so you would have had to travel to Mexico, and they were pretty much all in, in Spanish, whereas uh, most of the world would prefer to you know, speak English or have a course in English. So that was kind of the idea. And of course, we wanted to make something that's uh, a little bit kind of, you know, uh, lightheaded in a sense, like uh, not only that it's full of information, which it should be, but it's also really easy to digest and kind of, you know, it's interactive and kind of a fun way to, to learn uh, uh, tequila about. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I'll tell you firsthand, I am not much of a studious uh, person. Uh, unless it's something that I'm very interested in. And still, sometimes it's a little bit hard for me to sit down and like, especially with work, sit down and, and really get into it. And the way you go into depth about the subject, uh, the way you're teaching it, the graphics, the PDF that you guys provide, the flashcards. Uh, I think you were telling me before that your wife uh, does the graphic design for you, which are amazing. Like I'm a visual learner and that really got me hooked. Uh, she does an amazing job. So let her know that I love the the graphics. Thank you so much, my friend. I'm, I'm going to pass this on for sure. Uh, you know, she's more like in the background and uh, we're trying to kind of that. <laughs> in but yeah. A little bit more about her and her part in that. Uh, so definitely, uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> tell, me, tell me a little bit about your your um, your time with Diageo. Uh, how was it? How was it working with such a big company? Yeah, look, I mean, um, you see, Diageo is huge, yeah. And uh, actually, I, I didn't uh, work for you know like PR or like you know customer facing jobs. I literally was an accountant or like uh, yeah, I was a finance guy. Mm -hmm. I was doing lots of financial reporting and. I was working more for for the Scotch market, um, uh, which uh, which is amazing, and even just learning about Scotch itself, which I find it to be the that it should really be the role model example for for any quality spirits in in the way how to communicate quality to consumers. Actually, which I would really, really, really applaud if if particular industry would work the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to be fair with you, as I was saying, uh, we, uh, Digi is really cool in the sense that they do a lot of kind of brand recognition training. So you got you to learn about many of their spirits, about how they're made. And, and you know, it, it actually was really inspiring in, in many ways, um, even, even for just how to present some of the, maybe the, some of our material that, uh, that we have. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, we... You know, it, it was a really great kind of, you know, intro into into the industry. So you're, you you say that uh, scotch is what uh, tequila should be looking to to to, uh, to transform their the way they reach out to uh, the, their customers and, and the uh, food and bev industry. Um, I've, it's funny because I have a lot of people that drink scotch that end up coming over to tequila fairly easy. Um, I'm not sure if it's the, the flavor profile or what it is, but I do notice that if, if I have scotch drinkers at the bar, they tend to uh, lean towards tequila mezcal a little bit easier than the rest. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, what I literally, uh, what I literally meant here is that for scotch, 
you know, did you, you really have a lot of things written down that's kind of, you know, regulated well, like the quality level, let's say, right? So if you have, let's say, like a single malt scotch, you can kind of have a certain expectation from it. So it's going to have to be made uh, by the highest standard kind of, you know, quality mm-hmm. standard. Mm-hmm. It's going to have the highest cost ingredient, which is also the tasty, the barley, like the malt, right? Yeah. And, and it will come from a single distillery. So a lot of people don't understand that single malt doesn't mean it's a single barrel. Well, unless it does say single barrel, it can be a single barrel. A single malt means it's a single distillery. And actually, this is one of the key things that I believe is missing in tequila, which in tequila, you do have that, you know, non number, as they call it, registration number by the CRT uh, that uh, you're approved to produce tequila. But what you don't get really is the clarification that that juice that you're getting in, in your bottle of tequila is coming from a certain distillery and it's not going to be cross blended with other juice. And then, of course, the distillery is going to tell you that, you know, it's made by the highest standard. But it's not approved or not, uh, you know, it's it's just like a seal of guarantee, uh, mm. like in in such uh, there is actually. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, I not, I haven't seen I didn't see uh, scotch in that way until you're telling me that, and I, I'm definitely gonna look into that now. You just sparked my interest in that. Tell me a little bit about. <laughs> tell me a little bit about your um. Your tequila tasting uh, uh, company that you have in Costa Rica. What's it called? Um, where can we find it? Uh, if people are over there, there's a lot of Americans, as everyone probably knows, in Costa Canadians, Europeans. How do we find? How do we find you when we get to Costa Oh, you can just even Google tequila tasting, Playa Carmen, or the Riviera Maya, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna pop up because we. We have the uh, longest kind of, you know, uh, experience in, in doing tickle tastings in the region. Um, and, uh, well, the business is called Tickle Academy, Flight uh, Academy. And so actually, this is how we evolved from that to be like international tickle academy. So it wasn't like a do with it. And, um, and so, so yeah, we, we were based in Playa Carmen. Uh, we have a, a nice spot uh, at the B Playa Hotel at the rooftop. Uh, if, you know, if someone wants to spend the time there. And we also visit places like uh, people's kind of villas, condos, or, or, or residences that, uh, that they stay at. So you can, you can go to location if, if they have somewhere where they want it in, in, uh, Playa, in Playa Carmen and Consume? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's nice. Tulum or Cancun. Yeah, I see. I see you have the most amazing views every time you're at work. And I, it gets me kind of jealous. Sometimes I'll be at work and I say, oh, Adam's, Adam's at work right on the beach again. And it's, uh, it's you're a lucky guy, Adam. Well, it's part of the deal, you see. Uh, I, I, am, I am lucky. I, I, have to, I have to take credit for that. But you see, it was part of the deal, right? I mean, I was always wondering, like, like if I, uh, you see, um, a lot of people are telling me, like, how to do business and how I'm sure you have your business. Everyone's going to give you advice, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, so for me, it's like, it's pretty easy. So uh, like I, I kind of do things as kind of uh, what's the fun factor in a certain thing. So like, okay, if I'm going to do a particular tasting, I'm going to have a fun. I, I'm not going to be like boxed into some place. I want to be, you know, I want to have a good view. I want that. Once you kind of figure it out, like, oh, that's what you really want to do. You kind of picture yourself doing it. I mean, I pictured myself doing that before I actually started to do that. It's kind of, you know, you're going to get there, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. And I mean, you can tell that you have, you're passionate about what you do. You love teaching. Um, it's, it's true. I mean, like you said, it's a blessing that you get to work in something that you love to do. And, um, it's something to look, look forward to. I, I'm glad I ran into your course. I'm glad I, you reached out to me. I wasn't expecting you to ever reach out to one of your customers because uh, I've dealt with companies before and, you know, you don't really hear much back from them. And then I got a, a message back from you. And I mean, I mean, that means a lot. It's the little things that companies do that really change that relationship between customer and, uh, and business. Um, and that's something I think people should know about uh, your company. I recommend it to anyone that is in food and bev, uh, especially bartenders and even more, mostly focusing on, uh, on, uh, my community, you know, the Latin American community, Mexicans, sometimes it's our culture and we don't really know as much as we should, even though it's our culture. Sometimes when you're in it, you don't really see it. Uh, and it takes someone else from the outside to kind of like show you, Hey, look, this is, this is what you guys have in your culture. Look how beautiful it is. Look how amazing it is. And, um, and I, th yeah. Yeah, I think you're doing that. Well, thank you. Well, so first of all, let me just, you know, reflect for the first part. So actually this is the, I would say the advantage of running like a, like a family business, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously most, uh, businesses are kind of outsourced. And, uh, when you send an email, it's just going to be, you know, someone who probably doesn't even want to reply, but you know, they're going to be there just to give you some generic reply, right? You're, mm -hmm. you, you usually will never really be in touch with uh, with the people who actually designed the course and made it. And for us, feedback is, is amazing. I always really welcome everyone to reach out. I love to have a chat with our alumni. Like uh, it's, it's, it's super amazing for me as well to learn what you like in our course or, or, or what you do so I may be able to help or something like that. You know, for, for us, it is really important. And of course, on the other, on the other side on, about the culture, it's it's a little bit interesting because um, it is uh, as much as American culture these days as, as Mexican, I, I believe, right? Uh, the tequila itself. Or if you look at the consumption, the U.S. is just just the, the, the most massive tequila consumer in the world, and of course, many of the uh, many of the consumer trends are dictated by. Uh, by, by U.S. consumers, U.S. Um, have you seen influencers and, 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 and all of that. Mm -hmm. But to me as a European, it's kind of really cool because I get to have like more like a neutral kind of point of view. And I really love to go back to the beginnings and I really love to go back to people who with, uh, with generations within the industry because, because when, you, when you want to get like great information or, or when you really want to learn about the traditions and, and the culture and the history of tequila, that's where you're going to find it. So, well, I used to work for Diageo, right? And we had plenty of amazing brands, but those brands, you can say like, oh, there's Johnny Walker, right? And there's Joan Walker in the, I don't know, like 17th century. I don't, I don't remember which century, sorry. But, but, you know, you learn the story, but that story is kind of gone now because, because it's no longer in the hands of the family. Yeah. But when, when I go out and I talk to, you know, some of the best tequileros, fortunately for us, we still, uh, being a tequilero still is prestigious. It's actually just as prestigious being a French uh, wine grower in one of those, you know, uh, like a Bordeaux or uh, Burgundy regions. Uh, so we can actually have a chat with these people. And, uh, and that's, this is kind of our kind of, um, kind of idea or, or this is what we like to kind of promote because without these tequileros, I mean, I can do tequila tasting, but what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about some branding kind of thing, which is kind of cool. And, you know, every tequila in a way is, 
is good. There's no such thing as good or bad tequila. If you ask the tequileros, mm-hmm. it is just the, the tequila that, you know, that you don't want to drink because you know the culture and you appreciate it. And then there's tequila that like 90% or 95% of the people would just associate tequila with. Uh, and we just really want to share both sides of the story and, and focusing on more of the love and, and kind of uh, promoting kind of the assumption and uh, understanding of, of the authentic tequila. That's all. <laughs> well, Adam, you, you guys are doing a great job, uh, you and your wife. Uh, there's three levels I, uh, that, that your course offers. It's uh, level one. Uh, I think you could purchase level one by itself or level one and two as a bundle. Am I correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to make it even the bundle for, for the free courses uh-huh. um, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, basically, level one, I believe, is like the knowledge that every, every drinker should That's like the things that you should your bartender definitely level two is basically more about like that really real knowledge so let's say you're gonna go have it you know adam you you were breaking up a little bit could you go back to uh explaining uh level one again to everyone sure 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 sorry so level one is basically um for every drinker so if you drink tequila and you want to know what you're drinking Level one is great. Like, you know, even if you're, like, let's say you're a bartender or something like that, you know, it's even even more important, I believe, to have that knowledge. But it's, it's pretty compact by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically all the essential information is in level one course. Level two is all about the information and details, right? So uh, you want to have a chat, uh, like a proper chat with a particular producer or, 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 you know, you want to, I don't know, write an article about tequila or something like that. Mm-hmm. Level two is really that sort of knowledge where, where you're going to feel that you're really confident and you basically know all the details that there is about tequila production and, and the legal legality that's behind it. And level three, we design in with a purpose to give people that sort of uh, higher level of understanding that what makes quality, how to kind of think when it comes to tequila, right? So what's the business behind uh, tequila, let's say, because a lot of people don't understand that, mm-hmm. you know, there is uh, there's a massive business uh, point of view. What's an authentic tequila like? You know, what do, do those people do, uh, go for? What's like a smooth tequila like? Uh, and uh, of course, for that purpose, uh, we've been designed a you know, really nice kind of matrix uh, for for people to get a, a proper grasp uh, of that, and just basically all the all those tiny details that uh, that you really need to understand if you if you really want to become like a sommelier, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to serve certain people. Now you will understand. Okay, so you know there are certain people with different taste preference, different culture appreciation, and uh, and you're going to be making the the right decision for for uh, for your choices, basically. Yes. Yes. I. Like level one, I recommend to anyone that's in a restaurant. Like if you're selling tequila in your yeah. business, you need to know level one, and that will spark your interest to get into level two. Uh, if if you're if you love what you're doing in the restaurant and you, and you love um, learning, you almost would want to get the bundle because once you start with level one, you kind of you're left wanting more information. And knowing that there's another level to take, you just jump right into the other one. Level two, and I took it. I'm going to tell you the truth. I have never studied as hard uh, since like high school 
um, doing the level two. It's this isn't like a course, just like a just you know easy, you know, just check here and ABC, and it's something like this. You you it's a genuine course where you have to learn. You have to be able to show what you learned. Um, I have a couple uh, uh, business partners of mine that took the course uh, and they didn't study and um, they're still working on it. So it's, it's, it's something you do have to apply yourself to, but it's worth it. There's a lot of, a lot to gain from it. And then level three, um, I saw that you had going back to what you said, the tequila education budget matrix. When I saw that it really opened up this other view of the tequila business side. Um, I, kn I know that there's two sides to everything. It's the marketing side that a business gives, and then there's the business side. And then the way it's laid out just really opened my eyes up. Um, and it's, it's, in, it's like a quadrant. Um, can you explain to people this, this design you made a little bit? I know we can go into detail about it and we could get into like the nitty gritty, but just a kind of broad picture of, of this uh, matrix to kind of like spark interest in uh, the people listening. Sure, of course. Uh, thanks, thanks for uh, bringing this up. So uh, basically, the inspiration came from uh, my studies in economy uh, in university, where we learned about the, the BCG consulting group did a really cool matrix about, in short, uh, kind of how to make and uh, what sort of decisions you should make depending on how a company is doing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then the matrix uh, had to uh, kind of access, like, like ours, and uh, we were like, okay, well, for, for tequila, uh, I think it's really cool to, to do something similar because people may just not understand the concept. And, and uh, I had a lot of guests for the tequila tastings, and I always have to kind of explain to them, uh, let's say, um, a great example is actually uh, Don Julio, right? Mm -hmm. They have like the, you know, the normal Añejo. And then they have the 1942. Mm -hmm. and then they have like, you know, for $400, which is like the Domino Real. Yeah. And people just don't understand that basically they're almost the same cost-wise, mm -hmm. just reaching out for different sort of segments of, of consumers, right? And of course, uh, I don't want to start teaching economy and, <laughs> and, you know, like market segmentation to people, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's what the BCG group was trying to do when they uh, researched the matrix. So they said, okay, well, guys, first of all, you're going to have a budget, right? That some people have really high budgets. They're gonna walk into a bar or or a, or a shop, and they're gonna just pay for the you know what's your most expensive because I'm gonna buy that, right? And others will like well, they're they're gonna be a lot more modest when with their selection, right? And then so that's one part. Budget is really important. Then the other axis is basically about uh, first we said you know it's gonna be education, but now we feel like it's uh, it's more like an appreciation background mm -hmm. actually always you know welcome uh that just because you're educated about tequila it doesn't mean that you're going to appreciate that sort of stronger characteristic taste of an authentic tequila yes. so there is the appreciation so if you don't know anything about tequila you're just you know just want to enjoy booze basically uh you typically will uh, you know aim for a smooth uh, expression right which usually uh, producers just add glycerin or something and they're gonna balance it out you know, and you're not gonna feel a thing well, but of course, you know, once you get some education and you start appreciating, you know, um, like an authentic tequila, the work uh, that goes into it and just the, the really cool flavor that, uh, that will make you think, that will um, kind of spark some, some emotions from you. Now you're going to be uh, kind of uh, 
move towards the the authentic tequila. Mm -hmm. So for us, when you so this is kind of the, the matrix. So you have the appreciation, and then you have the uh, the budget. And uh, on the low budget and the lower uh, low appreciation is kind of the smooth tequila. That's basically most of the market. So if you just pick a pick a, a random tequila from the shelf, there's a really high likelihood that it's going to be a smooth tequila, right? Mm -hmm. And then from the low budget, you go towards the um, uh, higher appreciation. That's where like a normal authentic tequila is going to be found. You know, an authentic tequila, they, they want to sell their booze. They, they cannot just, you know, go really high in that scale if, uh, if they want to cater for lower budget customers. Mm -hmm. The difference between the two is like their small tequila will obviously be, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, cheaper to produce. So they will have more budget for marketing and, uh, you know, distribution and stuff like that for an authentic tequila is typically word of mouth. So they're giving that they're, they're killing it. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we have the don't with your normal versions, you know, for which is the smooth segment, pretty much. Got it, but hey, I'm fair. I'm fairly, uh, you know, uh, gonna have that target audience. And then when you're gonna upgrade that, uh, it's gonna be like a 1942 or Don Julio Real or something like that. Mm -hmm. And people are gonna buy a 1942 because they want to impress their guests, right? You're gonna, you know, or they want to give a nice gift to someone, yeah. right? And then you don't want to buy cheap stuff, right? You want to buy something that's expensive for the sake of just saying that, you know, hey, I bought this tequila for, I don't know, 100 and whatever dollars. I bought this tequila for $300. I bought this tequila for $2,000, yeah. let's say, right? So there's absolutely no cost for that. We have that. But it's really a lot of, uh, sorry? Yeah. We, we have that, uh, we have, instead of 1942, what we're selling a lot of in, in the same category is uh, Glacia Azul. And it's pretty much oh. that same market of uh, that people are looking for. It's, they're out. Uh, they're trying to, um, you know, buy something nice. They're on a date, or they're with their lady, or it's a special occasion. That's what they go for most because of the the price. It's you know, it it serves its purpose, like you said. It's, it has its market. Yeah. The only difference, though, in in my just in a, it's a very short, like in my opinion, is that when you buy a glass as well, it's kind of your uh, it's a statistic. I'm not saying it isn't, but you really are getting that sort of piece of art, which is kind of like all hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that uh that it's I mean you basically could call it a base. Um they're all hand painted, correct? That's what I believe they're all hand painted. Hello. I've 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 read. Um oh. so definitely that's that as well with, yeah. with glass as well but if you think about the don't really 1942 i mean uh, that ball is well i mean it's gonna be it's gonna cost more uh but at that volume i don't think that the, the cost is actually gonna be uh too much of a difference mm -hmm. but you're gonna talk about two three times as high as uh the for the pricing actually uh yeah yeah no i mean it's it's very eye-opening uh the way you're explaining it um and I, I feel like people, once they see these, these quadrants, um, they'll start to kind of like when you look at, when you go to a liquor store, you start to, instead of just seeing this wall of tequila and prices, you kind of start categorizing, okay, these are these type of tequilas. These are these types of tequilas. What am I looking to get out of tequila? Do I want to not spend a lot of money? Do I want it to be smooth? Do I want uh, authentic? Do, am I going to a party where I have a client and I want to impress them? Um, and show them that I spent a good bit of money. So you go for a status tequila or are you collecting it for yourself? This is something you want that's a limited release. 
you you go for a, a collector's uh, tequila, like you said, the winter blend, which people are uh, reselling for crazy amounts of money. Have you seen how much they're reselling these bottles for? Yeah, I've seen. I've seen some $300 and $400, yeah. But but that's the thing. I mean, in, in a way, in a way, I'm kind of happy. In a, I mean, I, I would I would, I would would think that Fortaleza could even increase the price. Yeah. Something like other addition or something. Because in my opinion, because let's say Fortaleza is really limited by their capacity, I really, really welcome or I, I'm really, really happy that uh, they can charge more. For, for these additions. The only thing is, of course, that they should be charging that money and they should be earning that money for their, they, they also uh, hire a lot of employees, you know, they upkeep a museum as well. So, uh, um, and a lot of people are like, oh, but it's too expensive. But hey, dude, like, you know, well, they're gonna make some money, right? Yeah, no, everyone, so, everyone has to get paid. And I mean, they have workers. I mean, and you know, it's in Mexico, but even, even there, I mean, they, everything costs money. Um, Again, thanks, Adam, for your time. Uh, I'm sorry the last part of it got cut out, um, but I know you're going to do great. Uh, we got a lot of things planned in the future. I think we're going to have Miss uh, Tequila Maria on here soon. We're going to geek out a little bit on tequila, and I know you guys are going to enjoy it, so stay tuned. Appreciate you guys. Adios. Adios.